0: Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bulbitz, and welcome back to the first Sunday in 2019 for the week of January 6 2019 the epiphany of our Lord and I'm excited to have you here I'm excited to get into this week's podcast and I am excited that we are in epiphany this time where we get to see Jesus as the light that we have been so long and we have been looking for in scripture and I'm excited to have you along for this week's journey as we continue going along this season And I also am slightly disappointed that we didn't get a second Sunday of Christmas having the 12th day of Christmas falling on the 5th of January. But I hope you had a good holiday season as you are getting into this podcast for 2019. And I'm excited for what the new year has to bring. I have a lot of different ideas and things I'm wanting to try doing. But as you can imagine, it's going to be a process of getting all this to happen. But trust me, we have some things coming that will be very exciting. But our shameless plugs and different things that we need to get into this week, first and foremost, If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions between Ralph Jacobson, Caroline Lewis, and Matt Skinner. It's a very great podcast to be able to listen to seminary professors from Luther Seminary in St. Paul helping me, an unordained layperson in the church, to be able to give some direction on how to be able to bring you this podcast on a weekly basis. The second thing that I also will say is, if you haven't checked out God Friended Me, I know I've been talking about it a lot, but I highly recommend it. I think it's a great show to be able to show how God is able to work in our lives in this crazy 21st century that we find ourselves in, and I think there's a lot of great context to be able to bring into that discussion. The final thing I want to do is bring up last week's podcast question before we dig into this week's scripture, and last week's question was, are you giving God slash Jesus the time that they need. And this is a very personal question. I did get a response from somebody kind of going through and debating if they were giving themselves the time that they needed to with God. And I think it's a good question as we're walking into 2019. Are we doing that ourselves? Are we really being able to do that, to give the time the growth that we're looking to be able to accomplish within our own faith life? And I think it actually ties in quite well with this week's reading on one particular thing, and I will circle back to this point. We have been working on trying to understand the character of God and the character of through his son Jesus for over 2,000 years now. And as we are working on trying to put these pieces together, we realize that it's just going to take more time. And I think that's where one of the things that I think is really intriguing and interesting about faith is that it's both a personal journey, but it's also a community journey, and that you need both to be able to have a healthy spiritual life and be able to move forward with your faith in the most effective way possible and I think that's what makes it so interesting and fun, in a way, is being able to blend those two. So, let's get into this week's text, and our gospel text this week is out of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and there's some really interesting things to note in this. So, Remember last week we had where Jesus is 12 years old. Now we're having a bit of a rewind, and we have to remember that the wise men were not at the manger. They came afterwards. So, here are the wise men coming, and they've been following the star, and they're suddenly asking for directions, which is kind of interesting to me, is that they've gotten from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, and now they're going and asking directions. And King Herod is who they approach, they're asking about this baby, he doesn't know about him, but he says, search for this child diligently. So that I can then go and pay homage myself. And then we have where the wise men are bringing their gifts. They find the child and are told not to go back and talk to Herod about this. So there's some interesting elements there, but I think the majority of this week will be focused on this reading. And I want to focus on Herod because it's one of the few times we actually have Herod here in the text and I think there's something we can relate to with Herod extremely well with this. The first reading is then from Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 6. And again, this is continuing that Christmas-like spirit or that your light has been found in Epiphany. And it starts right away in verse 1. Arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This idea that Jesus, as we know, being on this side of the cross, has been ushered into our presence to be able to be this light that has been promised for us as we process through and that he's going to be able to do all these different things. Like in verse 3, Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away. Your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. This idea of bringing people together. The Psalm this week is Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7 and 10 through 14. And again, we have this idea of having this great judge who is able to bring forth these things that are worth paying homage to, worth giving our life to, that he's a defender of the poor, that he's delivers he's a deliverer of the needy and crush the oppressor is able to help people. What we interpret Jesus to be so much. The second reading is from Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. And this again is Paul lining up on why he is defending the gospel so much and why it's so powerful for him. And again, that Christ is the one who is solidifying all these things, that it's through his works and through his power that he's able to break all these different barriers that we have and are able to set forth and bring forth the faith. And I think it's really interesting as we have these three readings talking about what Jesus is able to do and that our first reading, our gospel text, is not in that same vein. We have where We're having people going to pay homage like we're getting in these other readings. But then we have the character of Herod, who is such a different character compared to the rest, knowing that we know that King Herod feels threatened by having this other king, quote unquote, being present in Israel, and that he then His homage that he wants to pay is really to kill. But how does that tie into science? And I think it's actually a very interesting discussion is whenever we are in a position of power, we really don't like giving it up. We like having that control. We like having that sense of prestige, if you want to put it that way. We like having that. It's something we crave. It's something that feels almost embedded into our human nature. But part of that, I would argue, also is the presence of having life. We want to have life. We want to be able to accomplish these different things in life. And we can find this even down to molecular levels of a human being. This week... How I'm going to tie these together is looking at Herod like cancer and talking about some of the different things that we've been able to discover in the last few years in cancer therapy that are still in development stages, but are showing some promise. And I think it's really interesting to kind of compare. So first, what is cancer? cancer is cells that are being replicated being duplicated that's how our body continues to refresh itself that you have the cells dividing to be able to replace old cells and in that process and how we are created there's and again this is through mitosis and meiosis and if you want to study some of that stuff i can throw some links down below But when you're having that dividing process, there is the possibility for copying errors to happen, just like you would make a mistake at work or have something accidentally get typed and it totally changes the meaning of the paper. And I think you can think of probably a few right off the top of your head. We, in our own genetic coding, have that type of thing happen, just with how it divides, sometimes it allows for what we call mutations to arise so that there is changes to the DNA. And these changes can be actually a very good thing. That's how we have some of the diversity of life. Some of the diversity within people is through genetic mutations that allow for something new to be turned on to be, and it could possibly Be beneficial to humans but in cancer that you have something happen in that process that changes things and it causes the body to go through what would be a fast duplication process causing the cells to multiply quickly and that it's supposed to be a fast moving replicating cell process and this is where a lot of the problems can come in with if we're not catching it early you're getting this tumor of cells that are replicating quickly. And if you have a large mass, it's obviously different. You can't just go in and quickly cut it out and see if that takes care of it. It can then spread and go throughout the body. And as I have been thinking about this and researching it and realizing that there is so much more to cancer than I ever realized, is there's the different processes and different things that we have tried throughout history. So we've done surgery, and certain times surgery works. You have chemotherapy, and there are certain times where that works, where it goes in and it's just trying to stop any fast duplicating cells, which then can cause other problems because there are certain things in the body that do naturally have faster duplication of cells, such as hair follicles or within the white blood cell counts within the body. So you have different effects that we've heard about. Radiation therapy is another one one of the recent discoveries in the last 10 to 15 years that has been starting to be looked at is targeted therapy and this is where you're more focusing specifically on the type of cancer that you have and noticing the different type of byproducts that it has the certain as it's needing to replicate what different types of proteins or molecules is it releasing? And so that you can work with the body to target those specific types of molecules being released and being able to attack those specific ones. And there's been some success that started to come from that. But the big one that you may have been seeing over the last couple years is immunotherapy. And immunotherapy is trying to get so that the body is recognizing that cancer is not part of the body. And that's one of the amazing, powerful things that cancer has done is that it tricks the body into helping our own natural immune system not recognize that the cancer is not part of our body. And there are multiple different theories on maybe what's going on. One example that I've heard and again, I'll attach the link down below from a TED Talk, is looking at it like the cell puts up a white flag, essentially saying, don't attack me, I'm not doing anything. And so it tricks the immune system into not doing anything. And the idea behind immunotherapy is to be able to ramp up the body's immune system to be able to recognize these different proteins, or these different types of cells and be able to then attack them and have some type of memory of that so that if the body does have a second round where it comes back, the body is naturally already starting to attack and take care of it. And so there is a lot of promise to this field, and it's been something that some people are very much in favor of and very much think that this could be the future. And there are some saying, well, hold your horses a little bit. There's probably some really good fundamental things here that could be utilized for cancer research, but it may not be the be-all, end-all that we think it is. And we've heard that within the medical community before and i would argue it's good science to be able to go through and saying that we have to make sure we're checking the boxes and don't say that this is a silver bullet before we really know what it's doing And for me, it's really intriguing to think about immunotherapy and being able to take my own immune system and essentially get it to ramp up and realize this is not part of me and to help attack and possibly have less side effects compared to some of the alternative medicine that we have at this time. But let's really think about the cancer cell here. Cancer is doing a great job at, one, cloaking itself to help the body not realize that it's not part of the body. That it's thinking and making sure we're fine here, we're part of the body. This wolf in sheep's clothing type of idea. And they talk about how cancer is has some intelligence. It's not just this dumb bug. It's actually has some thought to be able to do something like that, to be able to mask itself so that it can survive. And at times we are, it's easy to forget that we are just like anything else and cancer or any flu virus or anything like that is the same type of internal drive that all of us have, that it wants to survive. It wants to be able to live on. And if you think about that and King Herod, King Herod feels threatened by hearing that there's another king that these people want to go and worship. And then he hears that it's a child. So why wouldn't you want to just take care of it? Why wouldn't you just want to get rid of it? because it's a threat. It's something that's getting in the way of being able to continue your prosperity. It's one of the the key reasons when we think about the human race and one of the things that we struggle with and why I think it's important having young people around us is we are scared of change we are scared of what that actually might do for us and we're all victims to it we're all victims to this idea but well this is a tradition and this is the way we do it and if we think of it that way then we don't have progression we don't have movement forward and it eventually kills us because if we think about it back with the cancer example The cancer is literally putting up a flag saying, I'm not anything to worry about. I'm not change. And so we don't recognize that in this case, the change is not helping us. But there are plenty of times where we're looking at like these different immunotherapy drugs. Is there ways that we can help our own body recognize That this change to make our own immune systems more active at this period of time is a good change. To be able to move forward and be able to, in this case, take care of cancer. In this case, we could also look at the light being our slow progression, but better understanding of the immune system and being able to start looking at different immunotherapy drugs and how that might benefit people going forward. And this is so important to be able to think about how when Christ came in, the situation and what we had experienced in life to that point changed. He was the big change maker. All these things that we had been promised had been fulfilled. We had suddenly opened up the door to change. And in this case, Herod is afraid of this change. He doesn't know what this change means. He doesn't know what it's going to do, but he's afraid of it. And so he decides the best way to do it is to just kill the change. If we admit that cancer is something that changes our body but we don't know what to do and we don't spend time and research at looking at and trying to figure it out. Nothing changes and cancer continues to be this large killer. But if you look at how many different things within the medical community when we've tacked it and looked at let's try to understand this at a deeper level, we've been able to figure out so many different things from scurvy to polio and how to be able to help prevent these debilitating diseases from happening. It's quite amazing. But it's through this process of change, through this process of being okay with trying something new. And I would argue it's through these changes that we've been able to see the light of Christ, that we've been able to see how God is trying to provide for us As you get from the first reading, if you want to find something funny, that he has been able to provide us a multitude of camels to cover you. From verse 6, we have been able and so blessed in so many different ways. And sometimes to be able to understand this blessing that has been poured upon us, we have to be okay with change. Jesus was the change that shook up the world forever and changed the roman government changed how israel was running forever and if you look at christianity in general coming out of that it changed our world forever we have to be okay with change because if we don't change if we don't try figuring out things we are actually damaging that possibility of us having that deeper relationship with christ It's through these understandings and through understanding that God is a consistent presence that we then have to understand that there is depth, there is layers to understanding our Creator. We can't be scared. We have to just be drawn to its light. So, the Twitter question of the week, and again, if you're new to this, every week toward the end of the podcast, I try to leave us with some type of question to ponder, And it'll be up on the Faith and Sci, S-C-I, pod, P-O-D, on Twitter, or feel free to just shoot me an email with your response. It's a way to kind of keep this correspondence going and be able to kind of keep a discussion going. But I think the Twitter question this week will be, what changes are you willing to make for Christ? And I know this is a time of the year where a lot of people try making big changes, try making different resolutions and different things. And I know for me, as I continued to do this podcast, as I continue to do things in my daily life, as it got toward the end of the year it was easy to, OK, these are things I want to try doing in the new year. But try making sure that you're spending at least some point point thinking about what ways can you make a change to help your relationship with God. And I think that's an important question to be asked because it's so easy for us to get consumed in all these other things that we forget to ask that important question. Is God calling you for a change? And if so, what's the change? It could be a simple thing. It could be a big thing. That's the amazing thing with faith is trying to understand all of that. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.